We are so excited to be partnering with The Soapworks. However, it is not the first time you are hearing us mention this company. The Soapworks makes our absolute favorite soap and is sponsoring today's episode. Yes. So Soapworks is an all-natural soap company that uses minimal to no packaging at all and have actually been unwrapped since 1982. I mean, that's so incredible. And, you know, we said this last time, but they're basically the OGs of package free. But seriously, we are so obsessed with this soap. I've been using their aloe soap with the with vitamin E, that bar for the last six years and have converted my husband, who has insanely sensitive skin onto it as well. I use it on my one year old daughter. We all are obsessed with it. Um, Plus, I love the price. The bar I get is just $2.99. You can't beat it. You cannot beat it. So I like the olive oil bar and I've been using it for almost a year now and I'm so obsessed. I used it recently to shave my legs and it's just honestly so amazing. I used to get razor burn really bad Mm -hmm. and since I started using this combined with a stainless steel razor, I don't get itchy legs or razor burn ever 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 it's amazing it is so (laughs) great so not to mention they're also vegan friendly they're never tested on animals and they're made right here in canada we truly cannot say enough good things about their soap and the company as a whole so go check out their full line of amazing products and all the places you can buy their soap online we get ours from bulk barn or well.ca but you can head to www.puresoapworks.com that's www.p-u-r-e-s-o-a-p-w-o-r-k-s.com to check them out hey classy crew welcome back to no trash talk i'm liv and i'm katie and today we have the most i feel like we say this every episode but really this is do. like seriously one of the most exciting episodes i've been waiting for this for a long time a long time and it, well we've been waiting for the right guest yes because we needed a guest we both are not super educated in this field but we both really wanted to learn more and i know a lot of you guys do too so today we're going to be talking about slow fashion with an amazing guest who we will introduce later but first we have to do some updates yes Wait, do we have updates do we have updates I don't think we have any updates. Oh my God. Okay. We have like no new blogs, nothing. No. Okay. Well, (laughs) I guess we'll go right to the updates are just rate and review as usual. Okay. Yeah. Rate and (laughs) review because, oh, you know what? We had our bonus episode and I feel like people really enjoyed our bonus episode. Yeah. And by the way, people, berry wine made of berries is a thing. Fruit wine. It is a thing. I had like a dozen people message me being like, that's a thing. Oh, well, there you go. So update, fruit wine is a thing. Update, fruit wine is a thing. And yeah, if you guys want another bonus episode, well, you just have to get to 300 reviews and we're only like 40 worldwide reviews away from that. Oh my God. We're going to have another bonus one like so soon. So soon. But I liked it because it really was a shorter format. It was right to the point and it was kind of a fun topic. So I like it. Yeah, I think we're going to find like a really fun topic for all of our bonus ones. Not just like our normal, you know, in-depth topics. We want to get to like the juicy ones. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to do Trashy vs. Classy, of course. So editor Greg, cue the music. All right, you're up. I'm up. Okay, so, oh, I'm so excited to talk about this. So Value Village, where it's like the secondhand store we have here in Halifax and, well, in Canada, I yeah. guess. But it's it's one of the bigger ones, I would say. Mm-hmm. It's like, anyways, 
it's open now. And I finally went there and I had the best haul. So for $25, I got two glass Pyrex dishes. Love that. Okay. But here's the thing. You know, I'll talk about in a second. Two Pyrex dishes, like good ones, (laughs) glass, like really nice. Like it's a plastic laundry basket. But like, here's the thing. I had this wicker one. And they're not great laundry bags because they they're were really like not. falling apart. Like and they the like little pull wood. your clothes. They pull your clothes. So I feel like I'm really happy to have found a really good quality plastic basket. Second hand. Second hand. Exactly. Yeah. I found six pieces of clothes for Lila, like a bunch of sh- like pants Amazing. and stuff, a little white planter pot, two board books for Lila. And I feel like I'm missing something, but that was a lot of things for $25. Okay. I don't know if this is what you're going to say, but two normal like regular price Pyrex things would be like probably $25. Yeah. Like it's so expensive to buy new. Well, okay. This is what I was going to say about Pyrex dishes. You're a huge fan. And I was always like, yeah, I like glass obviously better than, you know, the plastic ones, but I always use stainless steel. But now that I have glass ones, they're actually so much better for leftovers because I actually kind of find that with the stainless steel ones, I put leftovers in there, put it in my fridge and forget that what's, in what, what's in it yeah and then I go back like a week later like what was in that I was like oh right that was that leftover pasta from lunch that went bad yeah so that's why I'm like totally converted glass. to yeah. glass glass straws glass dishes everything glass well, so good I know anyway so that was my classy moment so happy about that secondhand haul um uh, my trashy moment okay the theme for the next couple months <laughs> is going to be related to home renovations <laughs> so here's the thing I bought a new door I bought new outdoor lights and and shutters. Okay. Okay. But here's the thing. Yes, it's trashy, but we needed a new door because, well, we could have replaced the whole, it was rot, completely rotted, like the wood around it. Mm -hmm. Um, The actual physical door is fine, but Liv came over and the reason I wanted a new one, we could have painted it black, I'm sure, but I... It, there's like no glass on it and there's only one window on the front of my house. So I really wanted to add more light to our home. So that's why we did that. But the kind of classy thing about this is I was able to save the door and I'm bringing it down to my cottage because there's those cottages going up there all the time. My dad is convinced he can give it to someone. And I took the outdoor lights that I took off the house down and put it on the driveway with a free sign. They were gone by end of day. Amazing. So really nothing that we replaced went into a landfill. It all just kind of right. went to new homes. Yeah. So I feel pretty good about my trash. No, that's amazing. That's like barely trashy. I mean, Yeah. I feel good about it, except the shutters. The shutter people came and didn't tell us when they were here, and they took all the shutters away, and I would have put them to someone's for free. So I might just call the company and be like, these were fine. Like, do you guys, like, reuse these? Like, I, I would hope that maybe they would find a yeah. use for it, but that's maybe me being hopeful. They all report back. But if so, or if they're like, oh, we threw them out, you should be like, well, you took my shutters. Like, yeah. Some and, like, maybe have you thought about having a recycling program or, like, do you want to listen to a cool new podcast? Yeah. Like, we could give you some great tips. Okay. Liv, what was your, what was yours? <laughs> okay. So, my classy moment is, I told you that I was really excited about this. Oh, yeah. So, Hazel's just been really bad lately and she chewed our remote, which kind of looks like her plastic chew bone that she has that she's had forever and so I feel like she, it was on the couch and she was bored and she just saw it and started chewing it right but she like completely mangled it like it can't be used so I was pissed because I was like fuck now I have to buy a new remote and this one has to go in the garbage because like what else do you literally it doesn't work but then so I called 
uh, I think it's like Best Buy or Walmart or something. And I was like, hi, do you sell replacement remotes? And he was like, no, you have to order it online. But in the meantime, you can download the Roku app oh. and you can use that. So, oh my gosh, if you there's an app for your remote. There's an app for like Roku in general, but that is amazing. Okay, well, I can't show you. Anyway, basically on the app, there's like a full-on remote. So we're like, okay, we're just not buying a remote because who wants <gasps> remotes? That is the coolest thing I've ever heard. I know. And that so, means, oh my gosh. Yeah, so now I didn't have to buy a new one and I was so happy. That's so exciting. I just use my phone. I hate remotes. I hate them. I hate them. They're not aesthetic. They just like no. are always like, they're always like, like where's the remote? It's like always like in the couch cushion. I know, or, like, but you always know where your phone is. So always, and the dogs aren't going to eat that. Well, fingers crossed. Knock on wood. (laughs) They will probably die if they tried to eat that because it's glass. Okay, that is incredible. I'm so curious if other companies do that, like other like TVs. There must be like a a universal app for a remote or something. Anyway, but I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And that guy at Walmart, like he was my classy moment. I was like, oh my, he didn't even know it, but he just changed, you know, my life in that small way. So loved that. Love that. My trashy moment was not super trashy. It's the same as yours last week. I bought two books new from Indigo. Yes. So I bought Daisy Jones and The Six, which I talked about on my Instagram. Yes. Through it in like three days. And now I lent it to Bridget. And then after that, Greg's going to read it. So like it's making its rounds. Oh, that's nice. nice. Yes. Um, I want to lend it to everyone because it was so good. And then I got another one, which is a hardcover one called where the crawdads sing everyone is recommending me read that yeah well you can borrow ha- it after ha- have you, you i haven't started it yet because people say that they saw boulder reading it and i'm like well i don't want to cry but who was reading it oh like everyone messaged me on Instagram. oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh my god like amazing book i cried and i was like <laughs> see here's the thing i have i'm like so weird i hate borrowing books because i love owning my own book and keeping it yeah I have a problem with like reading something and then not having like proof on my shelf that I've read it. Yeah, I know. Weird. Yeah. Cool. That's good. Cool. I like that our trashy moments. I mean, sometimes they're super trashy, but I feel like they were less trashy this week. Yeah. I feel like they're getting less trashy because if we are being trashy, we're being conscious about it and like trying to minimize. That's the thing. Okay. So I will just say this. I can't say for sure that if I didn't have this podcast and I wasn't held accountable, that I would have saved the door that they were like, we're going to take this to a landfill. And I was like, no, save the door. <laughs> These like two like worker men. And they're like, what? what are you gonna and do I was like, that? I was like, yeah, no. And I was like, yeah, I guess I follow my dad. Like, I think he can use it. And I was like, I was trying to make these excuses because I don't know if I would have saved things. And Brock was like, Katie, these outdoor lights are not great like they work but they're kind of rusty I was like someone will take them I don't want money for these things I just don't want them in the tr- in a yeah, landfill exactly so thank you for keeping us accountable yeah and that's also I started up I put a few new things in my Poshmark and like so uploaded some things too that it got pushed down in the app and I didn't think people could find them and I was like I could just donate these to like Value Village which I will yeah. obviously if no one buys them but I was like I just want to know that they're like going to someone who actually cares or wants them them. so it's kind of same with the lights like someone who needs them will pick them up it's not just gonna be someone who doesn't need lights I think you can clean rust off things whatever okay I am so excited to get in today's episode yeah we should introduce our guests yes well you guys already know them because they sponsor our podcast right and we talk about them often so 
our guests today are from Christy Dawn. Yeah, they're the, the founders. They're the founders of Christy Dawn, which is an amazing, well, dress company, but they also apparently have shoes. Shoes, masks, jumpers. They have, I think they're like known shirts. for their timeless heirloom dresses, yeah. but they have a ton of amazing things. And we're so happy that we found these experts to talk about slow fashion because they're just in my opinion leading the movement in the most sustainable way they do so many things we'll talk about it they use dead stock fabric they use regenerative regenerative cotton they're doing a lot of things to be sustainable in the field exactly so we're so honored to have them on and we just can't wait to get into this topic and I guess here we go. So we want to welcome Aras and Christy. Aras is the CEO and Christy is the creative director. And they're both the founders of Christy Dawn, an ethical and sustainable fashion brand based in California. Welcome. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Sorry for the noises in the background. That's our child. It is all good. Our our, Our listeners are used to that between the three dogs we have and the children. So it's all good. Exactly. This is a new norm, right? Exactly. So I think we just want to start by, you know, getting into, you know, could you just describe your journey, maybe even just high level and, you know, how you started your company? Uh, Christy wants me to answer this one. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So um, Christy was modeling. She was modeling for brands like Reformation, to name one of many. She was doing a lot of e-com work. Um, and I had, I was an entrepreneur. I had my own hat company. And Christy would come home from these shoots exhausted from shooting so many things. Um, and and one day she came home, she's like, I just I wanna start my own. And so we said, All right, let's let's do it together. Wow. Um, and so uh, yeah, I had experience um, in failing and starting businesses as an entrepreneur, so um, it, there's a lot to be said about the value of failure. Um, but I cut my teeth. I, I kinda learned what didn't work and I knew for me like what was important you know, for a, a company to be successful. And, and Christy had, she's kind of the gold of Christy Don. Like, she's the designer. She's the one with the vision for what these dresses are going to be. And, and, and I told her, like, I'll do the business side and, and design the dresses and, and we'll start. And um, kind of some of the things that I had kind of learned along the way was, like, you have to believe in what you're doing, right? Um, because when you start a business, it's so challenging. Like, you're going to have failure. You're going you're gonna to meet dead ends. You're going to have roadblocks. But what is it that's going to keep you going? And it's a deep belief in what you're doing. So you have to really believe in it. And then I just, from having, Christian and I were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time, but having dated her for so long already at that point, um, I knew that she had a real gift for, for design because people would stop her all asking what she was wearing. So I, I knew that we had something special. And then it came down to like, well, how are we going to have these dresses made? Um, yeah. And I knew that, that had to be something that aligned with our values as well. And so because we were doing such small runs of things, we decided to have it all made in LA. We didn't want to contribute to textile waste. Mm-hmm. And we also couldn't afford to hire a mill to make our textiles. We just had such a small budget. So we decided to use dead stock, which is the leftover, the excess fabric of other brands who, larger brands, it, it costs less money to hold excess fabric than it does to not meet demand, right? That's why you see like brands like H&M they have to burn their clothing. Um, Whoa. Financially, it actually makes more sense to make more so you can sell every piece and then burn or destroy whatever you don't need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so oftentimes, those, those fabrics aren't used and they're not turned into pieces. And, and so they, they hit kind of the secondary market um, and like dead stock aggregators 
like places like rag finders in downtown Los Angeles will aggregate these fabrics and there's rarely more than 50 yards a single roll. But when you're starting a company, it, it makes more economic sense than it would to order a thousand yards of something because it's very unlikely that the, you know, the first season of anything, you're going to sell enough pieces to justify a thousand meters. Or also if you just want it to be super unique and you want to make four dresses, then that works out great too, which I love. And it reminded me of buying vintage, but obviously when you scale and you grow, that doesn't really work so well anymore. Right. But I think this is like an important theme like that we're, we've learned along the way. Like Christy and I didn't start off as environmentalists. We didn't yeah. start off, we're not, we don't identify as activists. We've learned and we've been informed by the business as much as the business has been informed by us, right? So it made economic sense to start with dead stock, but it also made environmental sense to start with dead stock. Um, we could we could happily and proudly say that we weren't part of the problem. Right. Um, and then as we start to grow and grow and grow, that becomes a hook that's no longer the coolest hook to hang your hat on, right? Like we have two little kids. So what are we going to tell the children when the last trees cut down? Well, we weren't part of the problem, kids. Like, right. Yeah, mom, dad, why didn't why didn't you do anything about the problem? Like, why didn't <laughs> did. you find the solution? Right. Yeah. So that became the next question. Like, how do we become part of the solution as we grew? And it it just so happens that both Christy and I are friends with um, a, a man named Finian Makepeace, who's the founder of an organization called Kiss the Ground, and Kiss the Ground works on soil advocacy, and they are really big about educating farmers and non-farmers alike on just how important the soil is because the soil holds the answer to global issues like global warming. And if you treat the soil right, if you, if you are in a, in a proper relationship with that soil, you can answer so many of the environmental questions that exist. Oh, I feel like we need to have and you back so just to talk about soil. <laughs> crazy, right? How, like, how do you get, how do you go from dresses to soil? So, um, how does that relate to Christy Dawn? And, and one yeah. night it just kind of clicked. Like, wait a second. Like, if you want to, and this is called regenerative agriculture in general. Yes. Yeah. It's, we it's, actually it's have a important. question about that. We were so interested about this. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So, it, 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 you know, and, and regenerative agriculture largely, it's, it's a, a small movement, but it's growing and it's largely been focused around food. And so all of a sudden it clicked. Like, wait a second. We grow our own clothes too. Like, as long as it's right. not polyester. If it's cotton, if it's rayon, if it's silk, like it came. Well, even even polyester came from the earth, right? It just came from it came from oil. But like it's probably grown, like cotton, linen, rayon. These are all uh, these are all grown fibers. So we grow our fibers. That means we could grow our cotton regeneratively. Like we could grow cotton and we could get regenerative with it. Like wow, how what what an amazing concept. And so that is what we've been working on from kind of the. Um, the environmental space is, is we, you know, we've been asking ourselves, like, how can we get more intimate? The soil is where we can do it. How can we make bigger impact? The soil is where we can do it. But then, on that same note, where dead stock made economic sense, as we're growing, dead stock begins to become an economic barrier, right? Because the demand is so high, and you can only make so many of every piece, whether it's five, ten, or twenty units. Right. Need to find economy of scale, right? Do you think eventually you'll move on from using dead stock fabric and just do the regener- regeneratively grown cotton? Because eventually you won't be able to. That's a great question. You know, we'd, we'd always be able to use dead stock. I think my vision is actually, I would love to be able to commit to 500 acres of land as steward of that land and say we commit to this land, we commit to the biodiversity on this land, we commit to the water. 
we commit to the farmers. And mm. every season or every year, I should say, whatever we grow from those 500 acres, whatever our yield is, that's, that's what Crispy Don will offer. Wow. If, if, if it's a drought or a flood and we don't get that much cotton, then we don't get that much cotton. And that's what the market allows for. And if it's a season where there's good yield, then we get more, we have more units. But it would be really amazing to be really more in alignment with truly with the seasons, right? Not just with like these made up fashion yeah. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, I get so excited when I grow a carrot. I can't imagine how excited you guys are when you grow your own fabric. Yeah, it's been really exciting to to really be um, in relationship with the land and this project and the people that are working so hard in India on the land. And then when we get the swatches from India, because it's such a different process than the way that we operate here in L.A. in our factory. Mm-hmm. Everything is right there, right at our fingertips. And in India, there's, like, so much um, intention and, like, there's a time delay there. So there's patience and, like, excitement and, yeah, just learning so much, too. But, yeah, we're really excited about the project. And we're also growing um, the vegetables that we will dye the cotton with so that we can block print all the dresses with the natural dye. Wow. Um, which for me is, like even more exciting and looking at you know looking at our body and like our skin is the biggest organ that we have on our body and looking at the clothes we wear every day you know we get dressed so unconsciously every day and I would like to change that narrative and really get dressed every day and like adorn yourself with this cloth that was grown so beautifully wow that's very inspirational yeah, it's really cool. I think, you know, like, we, there's a movement around health, around the food we put in our bodies, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we'd much rather eat an organic blueberry than a conventionally grown blueberry. I think yeah. we can all agree, right? Um, and, but the largest organ in and on our bodies is our skin, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, as we explore more about quantum physics and, and vibrations and energy, you recognize that everything has a vibration, right? And so, like, what would be the vibration of, like, soil that was well-tended to, that was in right relation? What would be the vibration of that cotton plant that felt supported not only by the soil but by the water and by the biodiversity and the farmers, right? Like, when you begin to grow this cotton in this way and then it's dyed by these vegetables also grown in this way, and then you put that on your body. Yeah, that's... Think about all the effort and thoughtfulness that you're now... In, in, in wearing and like, yeah, exactly. No, that's, so that's incredible. You guys must feel you are more, I feel like you're, I mean, like you said, you didn't really start your journey being environmentalist, but you've got to think that you're pretty connected to, to nature now and the cause. Oh yeah. 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 I think more and more, like I think we We're grow the same. into it. Yeah. Once more you, once you dive into it, it's hard to not keep, doing the best you can and learning and improving along the way. You don't just kind of start at level one and then just stay there. Totally. It's so true. It's like once you know, once you're in relationship with something so intimately, it's like why would you ever want to hurt it? Yeah, exactly. And I think think there's something to be said for like, you know, for for me, I've always cared about the earth, but I've never identified it as an environmentalist, right? I've never identified as an activist. I think for a long time I always felt like, how can I make a difference? You know, like, what, what, what am I? I'm like a drop in the bucket. And, and, and I almost felt like 
I, I couldn't make an impact. And, and that led to a lot of apathy regarding like how I was in the world. The, one of the beautiful lessons this company has shared with me is that it's to be in right relationship with something doesn't mean that you have to lose. I mean, yes, you have to give something up, but what you get in return is much better. Mm, so it's, for it's, sure. it's a game, it's a win. And I think a lot of us feel unconsciously or consciously that like to, to be thoughtful, to walk gently on the earth means to lose something um, or to, 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 you know, a net loss. But it's a really, truly a net gain, right? Like, yeah. And, and that, that's the lesson that I've really taken from, from Christy Dawn. It's showing me like, no, you win. Everybody wins. And, but the win is different than what you think it looks like. This right? is a, yeah, this is a great segue kind of into our next question, which is just, you know, if you could just explain to our listeners super high level, you know, what is slow fashion and why should people choose to shop slow fashion brands or, you know, in that, in that way? I mean, I guess we, you kind of you, alluded to yes. it a bit, but yeah, just kind of like a high level look at what it even is. Yeah, I mean, that's a, I think it's a great question. What is slow fashion? What is fast fashion? And I, I would be remiss if I, I said, let's be very careful not to make it binary, right? Because um, there are, I think, I think the idea is, is that the slow fashion is more thoughtful, less wasteful. Um, it's, it's intentional around how people and planet are treated. And it's, you know, kind of like you're, you're, traditional fast fashion i put that in quotes but it's a podcast and none of you can see it um <laughs> you think that there's a lot of excess there's a lot of waste um people are exploited and planet is exploited you know and that and that would be kind of fast fashion and things are made poorly um and they're and people are paid poorly and because things are made poorly they fall apart things are designed to fall apart quickly so they're designed to be worn once twice two times and then thrown away yeah. versus slow fashion where hopefully things are sourced more consciously. The people sewing, making the pieces are compensated in a way where they can live in a beautiful way. And then the pieces are made in a way where they're going to have a long shelf life. So there's less waste. Um, so that would kind of be the, the two ideas, but you know, a company can, can, and every company does have a little bit of everything, right? It's more of a spectrum than it right. is, is, is binary um and i think uh, for me it's really important to like step away from these identifications because at the end of the day when i think about the world and i think about what we all have to do it's such a personal intimate choice like i look at the world and i'm like oh we don't have an environmental issue we don't have social issues yes those issues exist but those are simply branches of the tree like the root of the issue is intimacy right and the kind of good and evil, that, that, that's not some external line that lives somewhere else. That, that, that comes right down between all of our hearts, right? Like of caring and not caring, of mindful and not mindful, of regenerative and degenerative. And so these are choices that each of us get to make. And really, how do we get more intimate with each choice, right? Like how do we get more intimate with our food? Can we grow our own food? can't grow our food can we have a relationship with the farmer and if we can't have a relationship with the farmer can we have a relationship with the grower who has a relationship with the farmer sorry yeah. the grocer who has a relationship with the farmer right and so these in this way like these are the questions that i think we get to ask ourselves so that we don't have to make it either or and we can see that 
you know, there's there's dark and light in everything. But as we get more intimate, we really begin to understand those things more. Right. Yeah, that's very true. I like I like that you said that. Just because really I love knowing where things come from, whether it's food or clothing. And even to say, like, so say you're wearing a Christy Dawn dress, you know everything to know because you're very transparent about, you know, where the fabric came from, what you paid your employees, why it costs the way it does. And it's so great that you are transparent with that. And it's better that people open their eyes because everyone is in the dark so much of the time to so many things, whether it's food or clothing or whatever it is. And um, yeah, I love that you said that. Thank you. So I guess the next thing, and you know, you did kind of touch on this, but just to talk about the environmental side of it, but and maybe you can use some examples at Christy Dawn, but why specifically is slow fashion better for the environment? If you could just touch on a couple examples. Yeah. Um, so I, I would I would say that when we talk about the environment, we have to include ourselves first. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like the humanitarian <laughs> side. Right. We are, we are just as much part of the environment as that redwood is outside your house. Right? Absolutely. Um, and so when we think about slow fashion, we think about proper compensation for the people who are working, right? Yes. Um, and so that means that the human beings in this environment are being treated well, mm-hmm. are being treated fairly. Um, so that's better for the environment. But certainly when you think about slow fashion in terms of, you know, in a versus in a binary way against fast fashion, fast fashion, the traditional textile manufacturing process is incredibly hurt, harmful to the earth. So the way that cotton is grown, 90, 90, 99.3% of all cotton grown is grown conventionally. And, um, Can I don't, explain what and, and conventionally means like with chemicals, with pesticides, chemical mm, fertilizers, right. pesticides, right? In fact, I believe cotton, the, the growing cotton, just for cotton, it's responsible for like an eighth of all herbicides. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy how much, um, how many chemicals are introduced to the environment on an annual basis because of cotton. And then also looking at the farmers that are working with that cotton grown conventionally. They have sores on their bodies. They get sick so much more than, you know, your average person. And oh, all my goodness. Or health benefits, the health concerns that come with growing cotton conventionally. And then, so that's just growing it, right? And then yeah. The way, and, and, and also the way that it's grown, it's grown, it, you know, typically cotton is grown. Uh, it's monocropped. And you have soil erosion, and you have a, a you know a depletion of the diversity in that area, um, and so there's all sorts of problems with growing it. But once it's grown, then it's dyed. Sometimes it's then discharge printed, which more chemicals are then inserted to remove some of the dye. Some places, and more chemicals are put in, and so you have a very toxic textile before it's even turned into a dress. Wow! And yeah. You can imagine all the pollution that goes in. Now imagine. And then we're putting that on our bodies. <laughs> And then you're putting that on your body. But then it's being sown by someone who is effectively largely being paid slave-like wages, right? Doesn't get to take bathroom breaks, lunch breaks, doesn't get to see their family, right? The way the fast fashion works in the sewing house is that they get paid per piece. So they want to work as much as they can without taking breaks. And that, and that, 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 that exists in LA as well, but I mean, there's really slave-like conditions in a lot of places around the world in these garment right. factories, right? So you have all that happening. And then you have these brands who have created these supply chains that have bleached out human relationships, right? Mm. So the buyer at brand XYZ, right? It, the buyer knows, like, okay, it's going to cost me $1.50 a yard for that cotton. 
and then it's going to cost me three fifty to sew that dress, and it's three yards. So, what is that like? You know, eight dollars for that dress. That's all the buyer knows. But the buyer doesn't know and doesn't want to know that that dollar fifty cotton also includes sores on the bodies of the farmers, debt cycles, soil erosion, water pollution, soil depletion, and slavery. Right? Like, oh my goodness! And, and so these brands like choose. And it, it, it's not just a single brand that's chosen. It's an entire system. It's a systemic issue. We've created supply chains that have bleached out human and non-human relationships. So you're commoditizing things, which shouldn't be commoditized. There needs to be story. There needs to be transparency. We need to know so that we can make choices that really reflect what is happening at the soul level for us, right? Because if any of us knew what was happening, we probably couldn't sleep at night. And so, that, But then at that point, the buyer is, is incentivized to keep his or her job by making sure that they make enough dresses that everybody who wants one can buy one and then they're probably going to have like two or three percent more or four to five percent who knows what the percentage is in each company then they know they're never going to sell but in order to do that they're going to have ten percent more fabric so you have all this wastage and to get that wastage think about how much the earth and people have been exploited right so that is kind of typically fast fashion how it works and it happens all over and over and over and over again with every dress that's released. Yeah. And so if you compare that to like how we work at Christy Dawn, we don't ever have excess. We use every single yard. Yes. We make all that we can then from what we have. And, and we're, we've never needed to throw in a piece. Like yeah. And we don't have a backstock, right? right. Like, um, we're a little bit of an outlier even when it comes to that. But it's just being more mindful, right? And, and, and I think sure. it's also really important when we think about these things. The question is, is, like, how can we, how can we get them to change? Because change is absolutely necessary, and we know that in this time right now, we see it with this pandemic. We see so many things happening. Like things need to compost, and so what can we do? And and to go into like, how dare you, or to point fingers, or to cancel things out? That I don't think that's really the answer. But I, I do think it's important that we ask ourselves, like, what can, what actions can we take? So kind of to go back to what you were saying about, you know, the fast fashion industry. And I guess, you know, a question that we kind of had was, do you think there's a place in the world for fast fashion? You know, what would that look like? Because there are so many employees. Yes, they're comp- there. It's awful conditions. It's poor wages. But I mean, maybe they still need work or think of all the thrift shops that rely on fast fashion. Like, do you think there's a place in the world for it? Or is that just there just there there is not there just there can't be what's your kind of thoughts on that yeah that's a great question i mean my 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 first thought is that it exists now right i guess there's a place for it well yeah for sure (laughs) and then the question you know moving forward is is like well what kind of world do we want to create and so like to isolate fashion um and fast fashion is to be myopic we have to look at, at colonialism in general. We have to look at exploitation and extraction in general, right? Like it, fast fashion is a result of extractive economic model that we live in, right? That is the inevitable thing that will happen with every company in this economic model. Right. And so I, I think that until we address the economic model, until we address the way we approach life and we approach relationships with each other, whether it's fast fashion or fast food, it's unavoidable in this model, right? We, right. It, at a certain point, there has to be an awakening of consciousness where we get to see that we're all here together, that human beings and non-human beings alike share this space, 
that there's wisdom that's not just held by human beings and how can we find our place in this circle? And until we answer that question, of course you're going to have fast fashion. Of course you're going to have fast food. And, and so I think that for me becomes like the next big thing. And that's what Christy Dawn for me at least is, is, is that Christy Dawn has become a vehicle for us to share, inspire, inspire mm. you know, the quarter of a million followers we have of like, Hey, how can we begin to wake up to our interconnectedness? Right. And we can use the, the carrot of a dress, right? We can, we can invite people to come into ceremony around getting dressed every morning. We can invite people to recognize that everything comes from the earth, including themselves. And in our own little way, be part of that awakening, right? Yeah. And slowly but surely, as people become more conscious, not only do they start to change their buying habits, but hopefully they start to care more for each other and the planet. And in that way, eventually, hopefully... Fast fashion does fall apart, but so does this economic model of competition of not enough, of lack, um, and of extraction. Yeah, no, I. that's amazing. This is so eye-opening, just the way that you talk about everything. Um, so you kind of mentioned, you know, the the season seasons in fast fashion or seasons in fashion like there's always new seasons and like new seasonal trends so what's your advice to avoid kind of always trying to keep up with seasonal trends I mean I feel like personally I've never been a big like seasonal trend trendy person I think and I you really always look great <laughs> yeah so like that's why we make dresses because you can wear them anytime they're super easy to throw on yeah it's an outfit in itself yeah I, I i don't know i mean i think it's really it's interesting because the way that we run christy dawn like we we don't do seasonal collections we we really create when we're inspired and um obviously create for the climate but like we we don't market or advertise it really towards seasons um, no, you. it's true because your clothes, I mean, think of the, the Dawn dress. Can you ever see that just not being a, like the sty- a style? Exactly. And I think that's the thing is like you can throw tights on underneath it or boots and add a sweater or jacket and it's, it will work in fall. Yeah. Um, also, you can have the sandals and it's a summer dress. Exactly. So it's really like how the style and how we show it. It's, yeah, I think also like like spring over spring, right? Like the Don dress works this spring just as much as it should work. Exactly. And that's the other thing. In spring. Is we made that dress. That was our first dress we ever made, our Don dress. And it's mm-hmm. still our most popular dress today. And it's, that was yeah. almost six years ago. Wow. Yeah. But I think it's a, no end in sight. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's an interesting thing to like be in inquiry around. It's like understanding that trends, to the degree that they occur now, those are largely manipulated to create more sales, right, by the industry um, so that the jeans that you're wearing today, even though they should last 20 years, you're inspired to go to the store, you know, next month or in the case of fast fashion, next month um, but or next year and buy another set, right? It's and, really about, like, shifting your mindset to just not forcing yourselves to do that and that's why your, your pieces, you call them, you know, timeless heirloom pieces because – they are you can wear them forever ever in a day and you'll always get compliments even if it may not be like you know frayed jeans this year yeah Yeah, because fast fashion really dictates what the trends are during these seasons and then manipulates the buyer to need or want 
those items. And I think exactly what you said is just being your own individual and um, not buying into that is where you don't, you don't, you just won't shop for the season. Right. Because you don't need to. Right. And it's a challenging thing to do. It's a really challenging thing to do. I think, you know, it's baby steps, right? Like, as we slowly start to, like, peel back the onion and, and kind of unchain ourselves from, from all these, like, manipulative places that we've been, you know, raised in in this culture is, is to recognize that, yeah, there still are going to be times where I want to kind of be with the crowd. And, um, and hopefully more and more we can start to allow ourselves to just really enjoy what we enjoy. And I would also say that, you know, as, as amazing as my T-shirt is, like eventually my T-shirt will get a hole, right? Like hopefully I don't throw it away in a day or in a month or in a year even. But eventually there will be a time where I do need a new shirt or I do need a new dress. And the idea is, is like when you need something, buy something where you know that it was made well. Yeah. You know that, that it will last so that each choice you make is a little more like a tattoo than it is a um, than it is buying produce, right? You're like, no, this thing's going to last a while. And granted, right. it's not a tattoo, but, you know, right. that, that, that has more longevity. And then we appreciate it more, right? Like the things that we hold dear to us, we really, like, appreciate. If you could really, t- like, any piece of clothing you have, I don't care if it's fast fashion or slow fashion, if you could really just sit with it, and, and begin to think about how many hands had to touch and work in unison in order to get that piece, whether it was the growing of the cotton or the ginning or the spinning or the dyeing or the weaving or the... Or the design intent with the prints. Like, there's so many people that go into making a garment, and it's wild. I mean, we had no idea when we started Christy Dawn how many people go into making a garment and then a business. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, we'll wrap up soon, but I think my, this is the last question we had, which it's kind of unscripted. So if you don't want to answer it, that's okay. But so the, these kind of buzzwords, you know, sustainable eco, you know, they're really floating around. And I think, what is it? Green gassing? What is it called? Greenwashing. <laughs> Greenwashing. <laughs> Whatever. Like, it's just, it's so, it's great that companies want to, you know, jump on board, but not all the time that it's, it is as sustainable as they say it is. And I don't know if there's an, an actual answer for this, but like how, how do you distinguish the companies like you that are actually doing incredible, you know, at the forefront sustainable practices versus companies that say they are, do you have any advice for our listeners on how to really spot the good quality um, ethical companies? Oh man, that's a really good question. That is a great question. I'd be lying. We'd be lying if we said that sometimes we don't grit our teeth and we see certain brands posturing certain ways. Or like big articles because they have street cred. The brands have street cred writing about them being sustainable and they're not and you're just like, okay, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're human and that stuff happens. And Okay, like, Let's just keep being pioneers in this in this category. And, well, I guess we'll do, you know, we, we only need Christy Dawn. We'll just shop there. We know it's good. We'll forget anyone else. We're fine. But I mean, like, yeah, like the way to look is like, I think like um, ask questions. Right? Yeah. Like 
email them and so like you're like oh if a company's like hey check out this brand new corduroy pant that we're releasing and it's all natural then like ask them like oh oh well where'd you guys get the cotton from is the cotton organic yeah, um, how was like, it dyed what process right. would you and and just start to ask questions and and you'll learn more and and you'll you know i think that's that's the, the thing and, and as you ask more questions brands if they're if they're well run they're listening to their customer service team and they're going to say like hey we're getting all these emails they want to tell us it's organic or is this right or is this vegetable dyed or you know like all these questions that brands will start to make that shift um eventually i also think too now with social media you can get a really good read on a brand by looking at their page and seeing the words that they use and um seeing the comments below and if they respond to the their customers and like i think asking questions and and asking like you know if a brand is like we dress with natural dyes like what does that mean what does natural dyes mean to this brand because it is a great word but we don't know what that means so like ask you have a right to ask if you're going to buy from the brand feel free to ask on instagram and you know you you'll know you'll you'll know by looking i feel it's like. true no you're right i mean trans every transparency could not be more important right now and i know buyers especially in the you know millennium generation um transparency is so key and you guys do such a great job at that and i think more companies are going to have to get on board or they'll or they'll have to shift and or else they're just not gonna succeed so well that's pretty much all the questions we had thank you so much i mean we learned so much already um so thank you yeah thanks for having us So thank you again to Aras and Christy for being on the show. We appreciate all of their insight. And I mean, I learned so much. I did too. It's like, you know, you know, well, you know what fast fashion is and you know what slow fashion is, but they really kind of shed light on some like deeper things. I didn't even think about like the toxics, like the chemicals and the people touching them and holding them and just how awful that whole process is like it yeah. like I mean not that I buy fast fashion now but now I know really why not to it's like yeah. you know it's bad but now I know really why it's bad yeah and the way that they talked about how it's not just like this brand is fast this brand is slow like bad and good it's like there is a spectrum and like we talked about yeah. more brands are gonna have to start shifting so it's like maybe you know if you can't buy the the super slow fashion, like maybe the really, cause a lot of slow fashion brands are more expensive. Like if you're yes. buying fast fashion because of the price, it's like there are companies who might be doing better than others in other areas. Yeah. So it's just like always doing your research. Like ask, they said, questions. ask questions. And yeah, just, I guess, you know, I'm sure there's some things that are more important to you. Like if you really care about the conditions of where the clothes are made or like yeah. how this stuff is grown, like you can always find information on that by asking questions and then yes. kind of choose which brands you want to support. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're going to do an entire episode on slow fashion brands that Liv and I have been using and following. Mm-hmm. So of course, Chris Dunn will be one of them, but there are just, there are quite a few that we've done our research on. Um, so we can't wait to do that episode. I know you guys are asking for that because not everybody has, has access to, you know, secondhand stores or whatever it is. So, and I also found, this is just a little quick little thing, um, a resource, it's called Good On You and it's a website and an app and you can type in a brand and it tells you it has like a one to five rating of like smiley face to sad face or whatever. And it kind of tells you where they lie in like 
how their clothes are made, like what the conditions are. And then there's a lot of them that like they say, you know, the brand doesn't disclose this information. So like we give them like a medium score because it seems like they're trying, but they don't really tell you. So um, it's called good on you, like G-O-O-D-O-N-Y-O-U. Transparency. Yeah. We need it. That that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, this is great. Yeah, it was. Okay. So I guess time to do our game. Yeah. We're doing fashion. Would you rather? So let's do let's it. Let's get into it. Okay. So I thought because we're talking about fashion that we could do a would you rather, but it's a classic BuzzFeed one. So you never know Ooh, how this is going to so go. Excited. Okay. So it's called this fast fashion. Would you rather is without a doubt the hardest thing you'll do today. I just highly oh. doubt that's accurate. I don't think that's true. Okay. Here we go. Would you rather have your thong show every time you wear jeans or always have to wear low white rise jeans and constantly have to pull them up? That is hard. Probably have my thong show. Yeah. Because it's going to show anyway if you we, have low rise jeans. We can't be out here rocking low rise jeans. No. Oh, no. Don't have the body for that anymore. That's for sure. I don't think anybody does. That's <laughs> the thing. It's so unflattering. It is. 65% of people actually chose low rise jeans. That's crazy. That's okay. Wild. Would you rather have to wear pants with boots or have to wear pants with heels? Oh, like Ugg boots. Okay. Yeah. So would you would only be able to wear Ugg boots or only have to wear heels. Well, Ugg boots aren't vegan. Okay. Well, not Ugg boots, but like oh, that okay. type, type of boots. boot. Um, let's do heels. Oof. All right. Would you rather have to wear... I don't know what this is. A Von Dutch cap to every wedding, like, like, um, oh, like a trucker hat, oh. um, to every wedding or have to wear a fisherman hat to every date you go on. Probably fisherman hat to every date. Yeah. You can't wear, you can't a, wear a trucker, trucker hat, hat to no. a wedding. Okay. Would you rather wear a tie with all your outfits or constantly wear a polka shell necklace? Puka? Puka. Oh, puka shell. They're like in now. Okay. For like a hot minute and then they'll be gone. I know. But, but you can't like, wear, a tie. wear a tie. Yeah. You'll have like, to do shells. That's like an Avril Lavigne this is, thing. This is bad. Oh my God. I think the photo is of Avril Lavigne. That's hilarious. Okay. Would you rather only be able to wear clothes from the eighties or only be able to wear clothes designed for an eight year old? Eighties. Oh, oh, I was going to say eight year old. Eight year olds have the cutest clothes now. Really? Like Lila's clothes are so cute. If I could get Lila's clothes in adult size. Okay. I mean, pick 80s. But eight-year-olds wear, like, ugly shit normally. I don't. Like, when I was eight, I wore, like, truly ugly, like, <laughs> sparkle, bedazzled shirts that said, like, OMG. <laughs> Hate that. <laughs> okay. True. You know, and 80s, you know, you'll be able to figure it out. Okay. okay. Would you rather be overdressed at all times, underdressed at all times? Over. It's like, you'd rather be in, like, a prom dress right now. Well, oh, like I'm talking like overdressed, like like you ball are all gown ball, always or like cocktail dress. Like you are always overdressed but or you're underdressed, oh, like super like you're like, underdressed, not underdressed, but like that's yeah, like what I'm wearing to yeah. everything. Um, probably overdressed. Yeah. Because okay. it's less awkward than wearing this to a wedding. OK, so you're going to a barbecue. Yeah, I'll wear a cocktail dress. <laughs> Whatever. It'll be my thing. <laughs> <laughs> live just fancy always fancy always <laughs> i like it okay would you rather wear fur lined boots on the hottest day of the year we'll just say faux fur mm-hmm. on the hottest day of the year or wear flip-flops on the coldest day of the year 
It's got to be the boots because you can't die from like sweaty feet. <laughs> but you could die from like, getting frostbite on your feet. That's accurate. Our life is at stake here. <laughs> okay. Hey, would you rather only be able to wear futuristic clothing or only be able to wear old timey clothing? Here's a photo. Ew, I hate <laughs> them both so much. Maybe old timey because like you can make it cool. True. There's like corsets and stuff. Yeah. You can make it sexy. Just like rip <laughs> apart all like the layers. Okay. Would you rather wear, oh, wear shoes that are two sizes too big? Or two sizes too small. That too would big. be so annoying it either would. way. I but mean, too small, you would like really hurt. That would be that would be bad. That would give you long term damage. Yeah. Would you rather have to wear minion Crocs to your own <laughs> wedding, or have to wear five finger shoes to every other wedding for the rest of your life? Minion Crocs, because you can hide them with your dress. That's so true. Really Those five finger shoes were the weirdest trend I I've know. ever seen. People still wear them sometimes. No. Yeah bizarre okay we'll just do two more okay would you rather wear only animal prints or only tie-dye only tie-dye that's a lot of tie-dye it is a lot of tie-dye yeah would you rather never wear heels again or only ever wear heels (laughs) never wear heels okay that's easy okay wait one more would you rather wear a sexy costume or wear a funny costume sexy Ooh, <laughs> I like that one. What's the point of this quiz? There is no point. Just would you rather? So it doesn't, oh, okay. Okay. Would you rather? Got it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Okay. Would you rather only wear clothes that are permanently coffee stained or only wear clothes that are permanently covered in pet hair? My clothes are permanently covered in pet hair. So I'm just going to go with that because I'm just used to it. Yeah. Would you rather dress in white for a wedding that is not your own or oh. dress all in red for your mother-in-law's funeral? Oh, that's so they're both so disrespectful i know i don't want to be that part you know what i would think i would i think i'd have to wear white to someone's wedding yeah you can't you do could that. like add colorful jewelry and stuff yes like a belt like as much as i can like i would wear like a jacket yeah would you rather have no vision problems but still wear non-prescription glasses for the rest of your life or have vision problems and only have access to prescription sunglasses I feel like I would wear glasses because I think they're kind of cool. Yeah. Like I have perfect like vision and sometimes I'm like, I don't want to have bad vision, but just like. I want glasses though. They're like pretty cool sometimes. Ever since Zoe Deschanel did New Girl, I was like, can I please have glasses? Yes. (laughs) Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. She's cute in glasses. That's like. So cute. It's so her thing. I I love her like little outfits in that show. I know. Okay, would you rather start every day wearing this shirt? It's a bedazzled AX shirt or finish every day wearing this shirt and it's a bedazzled BB shirt. I hate them both. This is like what I wore in grade eight. (laughs) I think I would go with the blue, the AX one. I bet they're both heinous. Okay, that's it. Okay, we did it. There was results, but what does that mean? We didn't click them. I didn't click them. I was confused. Okay. Well, there you go, guys. Another stupid BuzzFeed game. Maybe we should just never go on BuzzFeed again. I just feel like it's never a good idea. It's really not. They're always so disappointing. I know. Like, I just, like, I'm tired now. Yeah. (laughs) Stupid. Okay. Well, Um, that was so good. We have to read a review. Oh, right. Of course. Should we go international again? Yeah. All right, let's see we'll what we've got. We'll do an international review. But in the meantime, guys, don't forget to rate and review. If you live in a country where there's not that many reviews, oh definitely my gosh. leave one because... That's the thing. Hello. 
Okay, reviews. Let's see. The best zero waste podcast, five stars. One of my absolutely favorite podcasts. I look forward to each week just to hear what topic Liv and Katie will be discussing next. As someone who is already on my zero waste journey, I found it hard to relate to other people in my life who weren't on the same path. These girls make me feel like we're in this together, making mistakes and learning along the way. They cover such a variety of topics and in such a fun and interesting way that I'm sure they could get an even more resistant person to start making changes to reduce their waste. that's so kind yeah that's a huge compliment (laughs) yeah it is but I kind of know what she means like we do kind of we do it such an approachable way that's like yeah I guess I could start taking out you know the recycling yeah like if I started listening to this and it was like because we try to be as least as not judgmental as possible yeah so if I listened to a podcast where it was kind of like that vibe then I would be way more likely to start making changes and then once you like listen to it it kind of just like permeates your brain and then throughout the day you're like oh this is like kind of trashy maybe I'll go with this one and like yeah I mean it happens to me so I assume it happens to other people too yeah and do you find okay we're gonna wrap this up in a second this won't be like a tangent but like do you find that you go through your day actually using words classy and trashy in your life yes like I the, pointed to our KFC thing because we tried the vegan KFC. Yes. And I was like, this is so trashy. And Greg was like, that's what happens when we don't make stuff ourselves. And we were both just like, oh, <laughs> it's true. And like so the other day, I was so proud of my dad. He really wanted like a electric bike. Mm-hmm. And he went on Kijiji, found one like two hours away, went and picked it Whoa. up. And I was like, dad, that's so classy. But I'm like, oh, wait, you don't know what that means. But like, is he like a member of the classy group? He's never listened to the show, but that's okay. <laughs> Have you as your dad? No. Oh my God, dad. My dad is like, so I think I said this before, but he's like so crazy about recycling and stuff. Like ever since I was little, if I like put something in the wrong bin, he'd be like, that's returnables, not recycling. Oh. Or like, that goes in the compost. <laughs> and so like he was just on it from the start. So I mean, he could still learn a few things. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But no, I was just so proud of my dad. for Like I don't, he wasn't doing it to be classy. Like, I don't know. I mean, that's a thing. It was like accidental classiness. That would be cute merch. Oh my God. That'd be accidental classy moment. Love it. So cute. Yeah. You know what? Merch. Yeah. TBD for fall merch. Okay. Well, thanks everybody. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.